Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of the World Toppers podcast. I am Shayan, and I am here with my co-hosts, Altantina and Nalana, as well as special guest from the 17th Shard, Evgeny, also known as Argent on the internet. Hello there, Alfonsina here, and welcome, Argent. Yeah, welcome. We're happy to have you. Yeah, of course. Uh, Hello, hi, hi, hello, (laughs) greetings. Well met. Hi. Speaking of, today we are going to be discussing the most recent and final Era 2 book, uh, The Lost Metal. And by necessity, this is going to be a full spoiler episode for everything else published in the Cosmere all the way until Rhythm of War. So Rhythm of War, Lost Metal, and everything before that. Um, do you do you guys think that Shy is Moonlight? Because I'm not yeah, sure pretty when. Pretty much confirmed. That's confirmed. Oh, that I mean, yeah, that so... kind of balances my my sadness about Marasi because our episode of the Emperor Soul, well, it was a piece of a thing. But who who doesn't love Shy as a character? And I want to know what happened to her. I mean, my theory is that I don't know if this is the time to to talk about theories, but the universal stamps and she kind of forgot that she was a master of creating stamps. So I wonder if she put on the stamp that makes her forget everything and think that she was like a farmer or something and then end up being a, a ghost blood and learned everything again. Or if she's just wearing one stamp. I don't know. I mean... Why, why do you think she forgot? Because she... She talked as if she was unsure of her abilities as a forger, and she was not. She was not a, yeah. a, a bluffer, but she, she was aware of how good she was. She knew. My impression was always that she is uncertain of how, like, in The Emperor's Soul, her skill relied on like her knowing or making educated guesses about the history of objects, right? She's looking at a wall or a window and it's, and she's investigating uh, like where the stones for that wall could have come from or the person who made the window and so on. And so she is changing the nature and history of one specific object at a time. That's how her soul stamping works back in the Emperor's Soul. In here, with the Universal Soul Stamps, she's doing none of that, right? She has developed a way to apply her forgery to almost anything at almost any time. And so with that come inherent, not necessarily risks, but inherent uncertainty in in whether that's going to... It's like you have a hammer that can break any plate in your kitchen. And that that's you in, in Emperor's Soul kind of time. And then decades or centuries later, you develop a different hammer and you're like, I can break anything with this hammer. But there's always the possibility that you're going to run into something that you haven't seen before that is that is just, you know, stronger than your tool. It's kind of a similar thing, right? Yeah, yeah but when, when she's using the stamp on herself, she's unsure of how that's going to... And and she says this is an experiment. Her. Yeah, yeah. So in the Emperor's Soul, she talks about essence marks are one, they're very complicated, and two, they take a long time to develop and get right. She needed months to develop Ashravans, right? Uh, each one of hers has taken probably also months of experimentation and going. Okay, 
I'm going to stamp myself and then I'm going to see what sticks, make small changes, stamp myself, see what sticks, right? And so my understanding is that she's still kind of in the process of developing this Elantri and Essence mark. She does say it is still experimental, right? And so she knows what she wants it to do, right? But she also says that, hey, I, I, I really wanted to have Kelsier here to help me through this because it's not done. Yeah, and besides, before we saw her get like ninja powers, but now she's an Elantrian. And that's, uh, 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 there's a difference between becoming a ninja out of the southern and becoming an Elantrian that can actually access, mm -hmm. access the door mm -hmm. in Skadrill? Yeah. Well, not, yeah. she, she's, I think she drank the <laughs> connection shoes, the uh, purified door or something. But using the Elantrian magic, because she stamped herself, that's remarkable. And if someone could manage that, it was her. But I'm so happy that you confirmed this, guys. Yeah, okay, so as for how we know she's actually shy and just any other random forger, when she turns into an Elantrian, uh, she uses the name Shei, which is the Aeonic pronunciation mm. of her name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw okay, that because- that makes sense. Whenever they described her appearance, I was like, oh, I wish this was shy. And then kept on with my life. And then when she turned into an Elantrian and say, said that name, I was like, this is much more probable now that she is actually shy. And I don't know how to handle this information. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love like, yeah, her and Twinsel are probably my favorite characters in this book. I want to know something urgent. Who do you stand for in this Cosmere weirdness that we know so far? Because there are several factions, and I would like to know where your heart is, your uh, loyalties. My heart belongs to our Queen Yasna Kulin, but that is probably <laughs> not what you're asking here. Uh, I, if you if you ask me to pick a side, I cannot pick a side. Like there are there are factions and individuals that are often at odds that I that I find myself strongly compelled to. Um, Chris, specifically, and the Scholars of Silverlight are a, mm -hmm. a faction, a group, an organization uh, that, I'm, that I'm a huge fan of because I'm interested in all of the sciencey things, right? So naturally, I'm going to gravitate towards them. Um, the ghost bloods in general are very interesting to me. I don't know if I like all of them as much as I like like specific individuals amongst them, right? Um, mm -hmm. I have a long history of being a Kelsier apologist, and I think people <laughs> people give him too much flack. I like feather. Uh, people give him too much flack in the fandom, and I think that uh, sometimes some people just need killing, okay? And they're not gonna. <laughs> They're not gonna off themselves. So someone, <laughs> someone has to has to do the stabbing. And if I, you, I would love to get you and Cal on an episode together. That would <laughs> oh be. Oh my god, that would be. He's so, so upset funny, about yeah. Yasna's whole like go into an alley mm -hmm. and then the people attack her and she kills them. And he's like, she basically baited them to do it. And I'm like, oh. So I think that'd be an interesting episode. Thank. Brightness, godness, whatever is out there, we were, Kalurus and I were in a different continent because I would have, I would have got, got physical in that discussion. I was like, man, come on. 
because she was being a woman that existed in the street. Oh my she god, that debate is so long. You, but, you're gonna okay. get to listen to that debate soon when we start releasing Way of King I need, episodes. I need to clarify something. Um, when you say you are a Kelsier apologist, does that mean that you kind of you stand by his uh, actions? You justify them? Is that what you mean? Generally That's speaking, That's me yes. being a Spanish speaker. Basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's generally speaking, yes. <laughs> so there, no, you, you ask, you ask a good question. Um, there, in internet culture specifically, there are different ways to interpret apologist, right? Um, one of them, which is kind of the meme online way, is to to say, I believe this person has done and can do nothing wrong, right? And you will see that, like, this is a stand. Uh, and you will see that in the context of Kelsier. You will see that in the context of Moash. You will see it in Shahna. Oh my God! In other in situations, uh, yeah, yeah, you will absolutely see it there. And I like that's fun to make memes about, but it's also like an extremely blunt and unnuanced way of looking at characters who are ideally complicated beings with complicated motivations and things like that. And so. When I say that I'm a Kelsier apologist, I mean that I believe that a lot of the things that he does, he does for the right reasons or they are the right things. That doesn't mean that I will follow him blindly or agree with him blindly, right? Generally speaking, I will side with him over over other people, though. You're my sibling. I mean, you stand for Kelsier, you stand for Shazna. Yeah. Just tell me Wayne is your favorite character, and <laughs> we are the same. <laughs> Now, now's when he says, "No, I hate Wayne." I do. And my heart gets That's broken. Like most of the short cast group. Yeah, hates Wayne. I mean, I mean, oh. it, it, this, this goes back to the same thing, right? I don't hate Wayne, right? But throughout the first three books, he was definitely the character I was least interested in reading. What I do hate is his like wacky POVs where he's like, I'm going to fight a beast and he's actually just going to go make a payment, right? That's, it is it is in all of our best interest that we do not get into a Wayne fight right now. Well, I was going to say, on that note, we should probably move on to the specific main characters. characters yeah. And I, I'd love to start off with Wax because I, I need to get all that frustration out, but we don't have to. That's up to you guys. Mm. I mean, I'm going to be like Cal here well, and say, so. let's go for the ugly thing first. Like when he <laughs> wants to go through Shalan's things first because he oh, hates God. him. Yeah, let's go through this necessary, um, irrelevant character that we have to <laughs> read about. Yeah. I will say that since now that the gloves are off, I can say that I see a lot of similarities between Wax and Shalon and similarities in the reasons that i dislike them <laughs> but that will be a whole different discussion interesting you got some notes here okay yeah i mean ju i just have general plot things because i didn't manage to finish reading the book in more but uh, do you want to start Let let's have someone a little bit more neutral start <laughs> no 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 yeah. start with the reasons you hate him that's no, fun I have, I have the most neutral start that you can possibly think yeah, of. that's probably yeah. a good idea Go yeah. I think that Wax is just very bland in general and yeah. like bland every now and then or there bland. are he's, he's, he's not the, the most exciting flavor of bread right 
Um, every now and then he has interesting moments, but really he is in the book for like the fun shooty moments and uh, the stunts and the action scenes, like things like that. And yeah, he has interesting relationships with like science and metallurgy and the law, right? But they are accents to his otherwise kind of not very exciting personality. And and I feel like throughout the books, he acquires more of those accents, right? So now in this book, he's balancing being a father. And in the previous book, he's balancing being a husband and, and things like that. But overall, he's just kind of the action guy. Yeah. No, I think I, I, I definitely agree with the statement that he is a very bland character. Um, I think that's where a lot of my frustrations come from is he's very one note. He has one god what am i am like am i being pushed around by the shards am i even do i know who i am he feels like he's always having an identity crisis and yet his identity <laughs> never changes which is the thing that frustrates me is he doesn't do anything with that identity crisis he just does the exact same things all the time but i i think I did kind of like him a little bit more at the beginning of the book because we got to see him as this kind of like metallurgy scientist, chemist type, like running these experiments. And he was like retired from being a constable. And I am much more interested in seeing retired wax than I have ever been in seeing constable wax. I, I just, I felt like bringing him out of retirement for this book was not exactly the right choice for his character arc. By now, he should have made a decision about, is he the lawman? Is he the politician? Is he the father? And he needs to pick one and stick with it. And so the fact that he's like, no, I'm a father and politician. And like, I've stepped back from the constabulary. And then stuff happens. And he's like, well, time to get the old miss coat out of the cupboard. Even though we don't see any of that time in which he has made these decisions to retire. And so we jump right back into him being the lawman with only getting like two or three chapters of like, wow, look at him enjoying his nice family life and everything. I still think him I mean, and Sarah chapters, like, but yeah. I in the grand scheme of things, though, like with the percentage of the book, I feel like it's a very yeah, yeah, small yeah. percentage that we mean. get. Hey, but, he's cute as that. He's cute as that, he, but only because his kid is cute. Yeah, his kid is adorable. Cute. Wax is just there. Um, <laughs> And I feel like him and Steris being the picture of marital bliss is so weird to me. I don't like him and Steris at all. I have one specific quote for why, but... Okay, ooh. you promised you would elaborate on this yesterday. I, I want to hear this. Okay, to, let hear me scroll until I can find the quote. Um, it's on page 114, and Steris is talking about, like how she's always felt like useless and no one likes her and then he says quote he thought she was useful in terms of like how she thinks wax thinks about her and i'm like the best thing you can say about your husband is that he thinks you're useful that that is the man that you married and had children with like i get that steris still has a lot of self-esteem issues but i feel like her marrying wax whenever he's like the first person to ever be nice to her and like see her as a woman was a mistake like yeah he could be a very nice supportive friend and like be like wow yes your talents are useful but the thing that she's like wow i just love wax because he thinks i'm useful just makes me want to tear my hair out and scream i don't but think that, she, she married him only because of that that was her having her 
her issues, her issues of not being relevant, of not being listened to, not being seen by other people as someone capable. Um, um, but I think that in particularly in the previous book, the romance is kind of better developed. But yeah, I mean, still, I still think that there is, we find out in book three that Steris is one hell of a woman and yeah definitely yeah. as jerk like him doesn't deserve her but it's nice that she's happy yeah. with him and I don't know they share nice cute moments such as when they jump and fly and all those things right she enjoys those ah, but okay um I think that don't you think that the, the the very important thing about Wax is the combination of powers he has because I I dislike that character very much very profoundly hate the character but come on the those two powers in this context <laughs> in which you don't have any Mistborn because obviously being a Mistborn is superior to everything basically a Mistborn and a Ferrochemist as well in Skadrial not talking about the other magic systems but in this context of Era 2 um, those two abilities are just mechanically, physically wonderful, delicious. Because being able to push the metals, play with the third Newton law, and at the same time change your weight, that's fascinating. Oh and that. the probabilities that you get that combination of powers is so small because you could be like... I don't I I don't have the number of combinations of twin born that you could be. But it's a it's probably a big number. It's a very big number. Yeah, I was gonna How? say I think it's sixteen squared. Oh, so yeah, the, the probability is very low and he's got those two. That's I amazing. Mean... I love that we get to see that. Even I'll, if I'll say the probability him. that he has those two is 100% because he got those two, right? We know that. <laughs> um, but Chris <laughs> agrees with you, right? She, when when she ambushes him uh, in Lady Kelisina Shore's party yeah. in Ben's Morning, she's like, did you know that you are one of the three or four, I think she says, crashers that have ever lived? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I will agree with you that it's... Like, there are absolutely other combinations of twin-born powers that are exciting and interesting to read about. But being a crasher is one of the, I would assume, relatively few ones where the two powers work directly together without, you know, being involved in compounding, mm-hmm. right? Because, still, and I mean, iron pulling is the other one. Iron pulling and, and well, I guess that would give you compounding, wouldn't it? But steel pushing, affecting metals, and the way it affects them being dependent on your mass and then being able to manipulate that mass gives you two different vectors with which to interact with metals, right? So you can have the same piece of metal and a coin shot is only going to be able to interact with that piece of metal in one way, but a crasher is going to have like three ways of interacting with that. The normal push, Mm. a push where their weight is severely reduced, which is going to send them back and a push where they increase their weight dramatically in which effectively the strength of the push is going to be increased. So I agree. It's it's interesting. Uh, they certainly play better together than Wayne's powers, which are both... Mm-hmm. like Wayne has clearly learned how to make use of them in that he is more willing and more accepting in like taking in punishment because he knows he can heal. 
but there's nothing like inherently that allows band alloy and gold to combine in similar interesting ways mm-hmm. yeah besides the yeah, nature definitely. of the of the twin identity that wax has even if i despise him his background certainly helps make those two abilities become much more interesting because if he would have stayed a noble or an aristocrat aristocrat he wouldn't be so skillful with these two abilities but since he chose this stupid path of playing rebel and going to the rough and blah 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 everything that we already know yeah that things becomes much more interesting so i guess there is one thing to appreciate from his existence <laughs> I do want to go back to um, Wax and Stairs for a moment. And I think that what you're picking up on there is less about Wax and Stairs and more about Brandon not being great at writing romance. That That is entirely possible. Because I think that Wax and Stairs, like if you think of them as people, I, I do think that that relationship is probably one of the best in the Cosmere. I just think that that's a usefulness line and a couple of other things that like might sound a little bit forced because Brandon isn't the greatest at writing romance and I am crossing my fingers that um the two secret project I mean secret project one and secret project three which he wrote for Emily mark a change in that but I doubt it I genuinely doubt it's gonna happen I think part of my frustration comes from like having read Stormlight I I hate Shalon I love Shalon and Adolin's relationship. I I think they do. Shalon and Adolin have what he was going for with Steris and Wax. They have the like set up arranged marriage that they end up actually liking each other and seeing like the positives that other people don't see, like looking past the surface and being like, wow, we actually connect on a deeper mm-hmm. level. And like it works for them. I still don't like Shalon as a character, but I think in that relationship, she is they work well i don't think i don't see the same here because i think steris with having been undervalued for almost her entire life she needs to be at the top of this person's list at all times and i don't think that's true with wax i think wax Mm -hmm. is so focused on the big picture and saving everyone that no matter what steris will always be number two compared to everything else and I feel like that puts her in a position that she finds acceptable because she's used to it and he doesn't see a problem with it because his previous partners also put like saving the world, being the lawman and everything first as well like with Plessy, which we now know that she had some other motives. Um, and so neither of them see a problem in this relationship, but I don't think it works on a larger scale with them as people. I think... You almost need more of an Alex and Morassi relationship for Steris, where Steris is the star of that relationship because she hasn't gotten to be the star of anything in her life previously. Mm-hmm. I still don't like the Morassi and Alex relationship much, but I think it's better than what we're getting with Steris and Wax, where I think Steris is allowing herself to be put in awkward positions because she doesn't know any better and doing things like, even though we really, I expected Wax to keep like pushing her and like help her to get a job in places and like do something with those talents. And we see that she's basically been like a stay at home mom for seven years. And like, yeah, she works on stuff that he then takes out and does, but he still gets all the credit for it. And instead of like actively trying to get her 
more in the spotlight, get her more of the credit, be like, yes, this is all thanks to my wonderful wife, Steris. We don't really see him doing that. And so I think that's where a lot of my frustration comes from, where I was hoping that once they got married, he would be like, great, this is my beautiful, amazing wife, Steris, who is also just so ridiculously smart. Everyone should just like, look at her. Look at her. She's amazing. And like, that would make her a little bit uncomfortable, I think, but it would also get her to step out of like her comfort zone and grow even more as we've seen her do in these books. And we don't get that. We get her hanging out at home doing accounting. So I think I wanted to see more character growth that came from their relationship. And when I didn't, it just kind of confirmed that I think she's kind of married down. Um, And he does not appreciate her enough. But that's just my opinion. I don't like what happened with Wax and Harmony. Where people make so many digs about Harmony in this book, where they're like, wow, like, what's the point of having a god on your side if he's not going to do anything, huh? And it's like, I mean, like, Wax left him on red for like a year, basically. Like, Harmony's sitting there poking Wax going, hey, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, you need to do something about it. And Wax is like, god, not now, mom. Like, it's... And in book three, he's like, that's it. I'm over my issue with Harmony. We're going to work together on this. And then we come back and he's been ignoring Harmony for over a year. Like, and then Kelsier is like, wow, you let it get up to like the last minute, huh, Sazed? And it's like, yeah, because his sword just dipped. Like his sword was on vacation for a year. So it didn't have to be at the last minute. Wax just isn't good at his job. And and he didn't even leave him on on red, right? He left he left, True, he he left didn't him even on, read like, the message. Yeah, it was a missed call, he, unopened. Yeah, he did not even like. Yeah. He threw the letter in the trash. It just. <laughs> I think that that was the beginning of my frustration for Wax, where he's like, I mean, yeah, I haven't been listening to him for a year, but like, God, what are you trying to tell me now, huh? And says it's like the world's gonna end in three days please get your crap together and wax is like god what's the point of having god on your side huh and so that really just started by like oh so he's not changed at all from the last book i i I hear you and and that is also frustrating to me i will say in in defense of both or or maybe condemnation of both that they're both idiots they're both idiots in this because harmony first of all only like attempted to contact him once, as I understand. Once yeah. last year. Last year, Not, right? So yeah. things had already hit the fan so That's bad, fair. and and Harmony's like, "Hey, hey, Wax, Wax." Oh, oh, you're not here. you're not listening to me. Okay, that's fine. I'll I'll just I'll I'll pack my bags and I'll I'll figure it out. Don't worry. <laughs> so like, he only tries to contact them once. There's no like, yeah, as I understand it, sense of urgency in the message Mm -hmm. he's like he's calling him and it's like hey you up and wax doesn't pick up because it's 4 a.m or whatever it's like okay well i guess he's not up so i'll just sort my own thing and then on the other hand wax just just listen to the damn message Mm -hmm. what the hell so yeah i'm like when you have literal god knocking on your door being like hey buddy (laughs) we need to talk about this i feel like you answered the door um but that's just me. And yes, I do think that's a bit on Sazed. Um, quite a bit on Sazed. Like, if he's not going to answer via earring phone, I guess, um, then, like, do what he did then and send Condra to be, like, like harass him on the street. Like, you got to get this point across. 
but I think Sezid also, like, he's still dealing with the whole, oh, you've manipulated me, and, like, you forced me into these things. And so I see how Sezid's like, I don't want to overstep because I've already, like, pushed mm-hmm. you away so much. And I think that's on Wax, who after that was like, oh, we're totally good. Like, you know, I died. We talked. Like, you explained to me. I threw a tantrum and was like, God, why can't you, like, do everything for us all the time? And says it's like, would you really want me to, though? And Wax is like, that's not the point. Um, like, they have this whole frustrating conversation. And then Wax is like, you know, you're right. I'm gonna do better this time. And then six years later, he drops the ball again. And I'm just kind of like, buddy, come on. No. So it really made me question: Is this the best sword that Harmony can find? Look, I he 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 chose a sword, not a brain. Fair, <laughs> but I'm also like, this is a 50 year old man. This is he is middle aged. I, I kind of understand powers. the whole Harry Potter thing, where it's like have the 13 year old yeah. save the world because they have the stamina to do it. Honestly, like Wax spends so much of this book being like, "God, I'm such an old man," and I'm like, "Yeah, why are you the one that's having to save the world? You should be in retirement. Like, hang no. out, drink some hot cocoa, put your feet up." Like a 50 year old yeah, can be the, the, the hero as well. 13 year old wants to. Exactly. No, no, Just like keep it. pass the message on to Max. Send Max to go save the world. You know he's probably old enough to understand how that works. <laughs> I know, oh. but still, I he enjoy that we got. Fine. I enjoy that we got a protagonist that was kind of an older guy in comparison with the. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that that is a fair point. Like, that's not something that we've seen since like The Hobbit, um, and even then, there's and like he's some the question father. about. If uh, even if, 50 if in a father, Hobbit ages, yeah. No, 15 Hobbit age is like 23 in human age. Come on. Eh, there's some maybe 27. About <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if you think about why is he the sword, and well, he's not the brains, so good point <laughs> there, not. Argent. And he's the sword. Well, no, I mean, he his married powers. The brains. He oh, married. Yeah, them. that's why. <laughs> that's why they had to get married. Like so you gotta lock he's that brain sword. down. He, oh, come on, amiga. <laughs> um, he's the sword because of this awesome combination of powers he has. He's got this awesome combination of allies he has. Because come on, having Wayne as your support guy and Marassi as your <laughs> support girl and Steris as your wife. Come on, I mean that's one hell of a team. <laughs> I agree with that. But yeah, it it was kind of oh how immature. Wax keeps being about harmony. I'm mad at you. Blah blah blah. It's like, come on. I only forgive him because probably he did not sleep a full night in those seven years because he had two kids, and I only have one cat. <laughs> I am the mother of a single cat, and wow, being a mother is a thing. And imagine being the mother of not one but two human, two human beings. And these these, <laughs> these creatures, I... these human creatures, they they cry. They don't sleep. They need to eat. They need to be clean. They they <laughs> cry. They get sick. Wow. You um, gotta remember though that he is like rich as all get out and fully has a nanny on staff at all times to take care of his children. Yeah. He and Steris yeah, are not yeah. up at two a.m. like burping the baby. They are sleeping <laughs> fine. <laughs> I mean, with how Steris is, I think she probably was. Up she probably was there then. being anxious, but like you know, Black it's Black supposed Black. to be like what the nineteen. 19- oh no, this isn't even nineteen. This is like late eighteen hundreds. 
1890s. Equal parenting is not a thing. Um, He's not getting up to change the diapers, I don't think. He's not. This is a nice uh, a nice theory time. I am enjoying it. <laughs> but I actually want to ask you... Wax do you slander time. I mean, when I tried to make my notes for this episode, I was like, ugh, Waxilium Ladrian exists. I have to think of something to say about him. And my the things I want to, to ask you guys about, if, if you think that Brandon tried to make some parallels with Era 1 through Waxilium's final arc, because I don't remember the exact word, but I think that Vin used to think to herself that she was Ellen's knife mm. or mm. something like yeah. that, or Ellen's blade. <sighs> she was not the sword, but she was kind of a, a slashing damage kind of a weapon. Yeah, she husband. was like the knife of the empire. That thing. Which I think is um, a cool title, but apparently she did not care for. Um. Yeah, so at the end of this book, we see that Waxilium accepts finally because he has to be begged at to accept to become the sword. He accepts becoming the sword and he brings this destructions, destruction in order to reach the supposed bomb and stop. That reminded me a lot about what Vin's purpose was in era one mm-hmm. and the title of being the sword reminded me of this self-inflicted obligation that we been put on herself of being what she became this weapon for the empire for saving everyone and i don't know i think that maybe brandon tried to take us back a little bit to that those elements that we see in era one with the wax with the sword with the destruction because come on i mean having no misborns right now in this era what he is with his backstory and with the team he has he's very powerful he's got money he's got resources he's got abilities he's got alomantic and ferrochemical powers and he has access to he's even has access to technology because he's that well connected the mother effer (laughs) Um, because he's got a ranet as well as a a way in Asteris and the Marasi and everything so I remember yeah. that there's a part in which he is kind of disturbed about having killed so many people to reach the supposed bomb. And he gets like an image or like a vision or like an impression of something of a very exhausted man in front of a, of the gates of a city and death around <sighs> I him. And I interpret that that was mm-hmm. the end of the Well of Ascension and say yeah, using up mm-hmm. all of his ferrochemical powers, becoming this huge thing and fighting to save the, against, I think it was a Colossus invasion. I haven't read mm-hmm. this era one in, yeah. a, in a while, but that fight is gruesome and is painful to read. It's painful for me to remember. And I felt like that was kind of, Say it, not harmony. Say it, saying, "Stop crying, you fool, <laughs> and do your business." We have all suffered in this planet. You're talking to Say who lived through the Catacendra and through the final empire and everything, and you're complaining about having to be the sir. Yeah, of course you're gonna have to keep people, and you're gonna have to bring this destruction in order to save everyone. And it's sad and it's horrible and it's disgusting. But come on. Man up, I guess. I, I, so, I, let me offer you a slightly more sympathetic view of the situation because <laughs> I, I think I think you may have gone a little too far. Right? Yeah. 
uh, I think the con- you are one hundred percent correct. This is this is exactly the scene that this is flashing back to, and it's one of my favorite moments in the book. And the reason for that mm-hmm. is because the lead up to it, yes, Wax has gone up to the Shaw, which is another callback, by the way, because the the, the, the Inde- Independence Tower is is known as the Shaw because the Credit Shaw, right? And he has killed all of these people. He is exhausted both physically and mentally, right? And he goes up top and he's like, Harmony, don't you, you don't know what this was like. Don't make me do this again. After this, we're done. But the, the undertone is, it's not even subtext, it's text, is you don't understand what I just had to go through. And it says, he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. And so it's, it's, I think, meant to be uh, a moment of understanding mm-hmm. and sympathy, mm-hmm. uh, empathy, really. I was like, hey, yeah, I, I'm fully aware of what I had to put you through. I know the pain you're feeling. We had to do this together. Yeah, definitely. I think that Sacid had even more pain than Waxilium had because through that fight, Sacid lost the love of his life. Yeah. And Waxilium was crying over mm-hmm. having to fight, I don't know, only a hundred soldiers that are working for the set and say said yeah they were also able to spare quite a few people's lives which was really nice yeah. to see um, to with kind of way stepping in yeah i love him so much but yeah i definitely think that's a parallel between him and vin where it felt very similar to when she attacked uh the set um keep hasting last names keep hasting thank you and like murdered oh. every guard in there to get to him and then he's just like what please don't kill me. And she's like, oh, I guess you aren't like the the guy that's been trying to murder Ellen and then goes and like has a breakdown. <laughs> and it felt very similar to like, she thinks she's got this one thing. And it's like, it's going to save the world. And so she doesn't care who's in the way until she gets there. And she's like, oh God, what have I done? And it's very similar with Wax where he's like, God, this mm-hmm. wasn't even the real bomb. What have I done here? Like the bomb is over there. I've wasted time. And so I think it's, again, kind of putting Vin and Wax in like similar positions. So the, the parallel between Wax and Vin is is there, right? And I admit, I, I completely missed it the first time, by the way, because I was hyper fixated on the, oh. the Seizet oh, yeah. scene. I think there is another connection there and it's more thematic. And I think that's going to mm. be something that we are going to continue exploring in, at the very least, Era 3. And... It's the idea of doing ruins work to preserve or doing preservations work to mm-hmm. ruin. Because oh. at the end of the day, like that's what a sword mm-hmm. is, right? It is a tool mm-hmm. in Harmony's hands or a proxy of Harmony that can act where he cannot. And so we have a lot of the stuff throughout Era 1. Obviously, we don't have Harmony in Era 1, but ruin and preservation are more active independent players in there. And Vin is doing a similar thing, right? Being the knife to Ellen's, he's not a shield, right? He's an emperor. But like, she is the one that that does the killing. She's the one that does Mm -hmm. the dirty work. She's one that does ruins work, although not literally in that case, in order to protect, in order to preserve, right? And so with our boy Harmony, being the literal combination of ruin and preservation, that's exactly what he's trying to do, right? He's trying to balance Mm -hmm. these powers in a way that allows him to do both of these things. And I think one interpretation of that, I don't know whether he's doing that, but one interpretation of that is he is trying to ruin in order to preserve, he's trying to preserve in order to ruin. Like he he wants to kind of do both of these things in that way. And so with now two eras that explore this theme and a shard that explores this theme 
and maybe Discord as a future entity that is also going to explore this thing, I think we are likely looking at a more overarching, hey, this is something interesting that Brandon likes mm-hmm. to think about, and so he's going to put him in the books. Mm-hmm. If you are a literary analysis in the year 2076 and the Cosmere is now done, you can probably draw connections to other pieces of work such as Stormlight where the theme of killing to protect Mm -hmm. is heavily explored in Kaladin's and Lurin's story arcs. And so that component, I think, yes, the direct parallels to to Vin and to Seyzed are obviously there, but so is the overarching theme of the books or the Cosmere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I want to say, this kind of reminded me, I feel like Wayne almost acts as a foil for Kelsier here. Um, or chooses a different path than Kelsier. In the, I was thinking this also reminds me of when Kelsier attacks Credit Shaw, and he just murders yep. everyone, and he murders including like his own people, and he's like, well, they're traitors. Like they, they could have done something else, even if they needed the money. Like they're they're traitors to their own people. And Wax is ready to kill everyone, and Wayne's like, just hold on, because I've been in this situation. These are people like me. I understand that they need the money. And if you look, I almost feel like this is a continued thing where they're coming from, like, they're both part of two different cultures and they both lived in, like, different spaces using that. Like, where Kelsier actively existed as a nobleman while hiding, like, his ska aspects and Wayne does not really look terrorist-born. And while Kelsier chose to act more like the nobleman while hating everything to do with noblemen, Wayne stuck with the like lower class and began to understand those people. And so I feel like he's almost continues to be a foil to Kelsier throughout the series. And then this like one big difference is kind of what it's leading up to is like an understanding of the people that you are actually fighting for. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really interesting. And Mm -hmm. a great transition to Wayne. I just want to very quickly mention that just in my rereading of the book, even though I didn't manage to finish, I was surprised with how, like actually how much setup there was for the southern continent stuff, and then there mm. not being nothing like yeah. anything with that. But it's there's a lot of it in part one with the airship and the mention of the politics and then a leak and all that. And so I thought, having finished the book the first time, I just said, well, okay, there was no not much southern continent stuff. But rereading it made me go, no, yes, all this was set up. It just didn't go anywhere. And well, that's related to Wax's plot line. I, I think that's a ball yeah. that's dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a different kind of perspective on that is looking at how tensions were brewing a lot in like Europe around the same time, and that it takes, it sometimes takes decades for these tensions to boil to the top. So it could be that this is kind of just another little like piece of sand on the scale that is eventually going to tip things. But I don't know. I, definitely was expecting more from the southern continent yeah yeah me too it felt natural that the, this final book was going to take place into a trip to the southern continent to the malwish nation um you don't think so argent I, judging by your expression yeah, I, mean, that's, 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 I mean i wouldn't <laughs> say that's natural but i think it's no, very no, reasonable to say it's very reasonable to say hey mm-hmm. we we're gonna get more southerner stuff right and, I and was hoping, maybe it was natural for me because I was hoping, I was craving so much to see the, the southern nation yeah. and the people in there. 
especially because let's remember that the last paragraph of the Vans of Morning or the last oh, yeah. page is Waxilium kind of using a, a coin to see a memory from Kelsier in the southern continent with one eye spike, a hemallurgically spiked. So I was like, yeah, I guess stuff happened around Kelsier in this southern new continent now that I didn't know existed in Skadrial up until the Vance of Morning book. But well, I think that there was a lot of setup, as Che very wisely said, a lot of setup for the future. I don't think that Era 3 is going to be as far in the future as Era 1 is no, from Era 2, because not. we have 300 years between Era 1 and Era 2. And Era 3 judging by the conversation that Seyssed and Kelsier had at the end of the Lost Metal, it's probably going to come a little bit faster. I hope, I want to think, I want yes. to believe, I want to want. Um, and yeah, maybe this whole business that was left mysterious about the Vans of Morning being empty, like consumed, yeah, they were consumed. I think that was a very intentional seed that Brandon's planted to bring back in the future. Yeah. That bad point annoys me so much. I know that Brandon was like, yes, I'm going to write this and they are going to be, hey, why did you do that? And he's going to be like, Rafo, read and find out, you fools, with sounds and trumpets and a very glorious musician a company of the of the raffle <laughs> moment but yeah he's gonna raffle us for several years now how many years come on how many years until we get that um after stormlight five and he's gonna in theory write them all one after the other presumably <laughs> the elantra sequel somewhere in there but yeah i say 10 years um, a decade it's, uh, i don't think it's gonna be that long uh, no? I, I hope not. I, I did some napkin math when we were talking about this on a shortcast episode, <laughs> and I think I settled on Era 3 Book 1 coming out in either 27 or 28 is when I think that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. We brand some fans. We have to plan to live a long, a long life. Yeah. <laughs> My consolation is that I'm younger than him, and so chances yeah. are we are either both going to finish yeah. the Cosmere or neither one of us is going to finish the Cosmere. <laughs> But he doesn't That's drink, dark, he doesn't smoke, he's a healthy guy probably, so... Uh, there was also a period of time, like several years, where when Brandon was still touring, people would repeatedly ask... Like, it is not surprising nah, yeah. that given the nature of how he got into the Wheel of Time after Robert Jordan's passing, like people mm -hmm. would often ask him, hey, do you have plans on, like, if you pass away, who's going to finish the Cosmere? Oh. And like, that happened for for years, right? How many wobs of those are there? I, that's like unpolite and disgusting. A, a dozen or just... And I agree with you. Like, I think that's that's in bad taste. Like, I understand where people were coming from, right? They're coming from a, from a place of love. They love these books. They want yeah. to make sure that the series doesn't just drop into the nothingness, right? And and Brandon would always be gracious and, and give a couple of different candidates for people who can potentially finish the Cosmere. But it does get a little bit morbid, like, if you if you keep asking yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Fortunately, that, that doesn't happen as much anymore. The only people that are allowed to ask you about your post-mortem, mortem, post-death uh, post plans, let's call them, is your lawyer if you have to make like a testament or something like that. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just something you one does not 
ask. One does not simply ask, what if you die? Because the other person has feelings and probably, probably a fear of dying, like everyone has at some point of their lives. So, yeah, if you are not the lawyer writing the testament, just (laughs) don't. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I hate that people does that to to Brandon. I even if I have my things with George Martin, I hate when people bring up the topic of oh, but he's this many years. Like he knows how many years old he is. We all know. We all know how long has it been since the last book. Blah blah blah. We we all know. You don't need to like keep putting your finger inside of the on the harsh topic. So yeah. You can follow us and contact us and all our social media. Links are in the show notes. Uh, join the Discord. It's a ton of fun, particularly lately with all the new content we're getting. And if you enjoy the show, please support us on Patreon and Ko-fi if you can so we can keep improving. And we would really appreciate it if you gave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Um, thanks for listening. And remember, journey before destination. Yes, goodbye, and best wishes for everyone out there, and greetings from Ilana as well. Be good, don't be bad. <laughs>